chapter eighteen part three of the bohemians of the latin quarter by henri mouget translated by anonymous this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter eighteen francine's muff part three jacques belonged to a club styled the water drinkers which seemed to have been founded in imitation of the famous one of the rue des quatre-vents which is treated of in that fine story un grand homme de provence only there was a great difference between the heroes of the latter circle and the water drinkers who like all imitators had exaggerated the system they sought to put into practice this difference will be understood by the fact that in balzac's book the members of the club end by attaining the object they propose to themselves while after several years existence the club of the water drinkers was naturally dissolved by the death of all its members without the name of any one of them remaining attached to a work attesting their existence during his union with francine jacques's intercourse with the water drinkers had become more broken the necessities of life had obliged the artist to violate certain conditions solemnly signed and sworn by the water drinkers the day the club was founded perpetually perched on the stilts of an absurd pride these young fellows had laid down as a sovereign principle in their association that they must never abandon the lofty heights of art that is to say that despite their mortal poverty not one of them would make any concession to necessity thus the poet melchior would never have consented to abandon what he called his lyre to write a commercial prospectus or an electoral address that was all very well for the poet rodolphe a good-for-nothing who was ready to turn his hand to anything and who never let a five-franc piece flit past him without trying to capture it no matter how the poet lazare a proud wearer of rags would never have soiled his brushes by painting the portrait of a tailor holding a parrot on his forefinger as our friend the painter marcel had once done in exchange for the famous dress-coat nicknamed methuselah which the hands of each of his sweethearts had starred over with darns all the while he had been living in communion of thought with the water-drinkers the sculptor jacques had submitted to the tyranny of the club rules but when he made the acquaintance of francine he would not make the poor girl already ill share of the regimen he had accepted during his solitude jacques was above all an upright and loyal nature he went to the president of the club the exclusive lazare and informed him that for the future he would accept any work that would bring him in anything my dear fellow your declaration of love is your artistic renunciation we will remain your friends if you like but we shall no longer be your partners work as you please for me you are no longer a sculptor but a plasterer it is true that you may drink wine but we who continue to drink our water and eat our dry bread will remain artists whatever lazare might say about it jacques remained an artist but to keep francine with him he undertook when he had a chance any paying work it is thus that he worked for a long time in the workshop of the ornament maker romagnesi clever in execution and ingenious in invention jacques without relinquishing high art might have achieved a high reputation in those figure groups that have become one of the chief elements in this commerce but jacques was lazy like all true artists and a lover after the fashion of poets youth in him had awakened tardily but ardent 
and with a presentiment of his approaching end he had sought to exhaust it in francine's arms thus it happened that good chances of work knocked at his door without jacques answering because he would have had to disturb himself and he found it more comfortable to dream by the light of his beloved's eyes when francine was dead the sculptor went to see his old friends the water drinkers again but lazare's spirit predominated in this club in which each of the members lived petrified in the egoism of art jacques did not find what he came there in search of they scarcely understood his despair which they strove to appease by argument and seeing this small degree of sympathy jacques preferred to isolate his grief rather than see it laid bare by discussion he broke off therefore completely with the water drinkers and went away to live alone five or six days after francine's funeral jacques went to a monumental mason of the montparnasse cemetery and offered to conclude the following bargain with him the mason was to furnish francine's grave with a border which jacques reserved the right of designing and in addition to supply the sculptor with a block of white marble in return for this jacques would place himself for three months at his disposition either as a journeyman stone-cutter or sculptor the monumental mason then had several important orders on hand he visited jacques's studio and in presence of several works begun there had proof that the chance which gave him the sculptor's services was a lucky one for him a week later francine's grave had a border in the midst of which the wooden cross had been replaced by a stone one with her name graven on it jacques had luckily to do with an honest fellow who understood that a couple of hundredweight of cast iron and three square feet of pyrenean marble were no payment for three months work by jacques whose talent had brought him in several thousand francs he offered to give the artist a share in the business but jacques would not consent the lack of variety in the subjects for treatment was repugnant to his inventive disposition besides he had what he wanted a large block of marble from the recesses of which he wished to evolve a masterpiece destined for francine's grave at the beginning of spring jacques's position improved his friend the doctor put him in relation with a great foreign nobleman who had come to settle in paris and who was having a magnificent mansion built in one of the most fashionable districts several celebrated artists had been called in to contribute to the luxury of this little palace a chimney-piece was commissioned from jacques i can still see his design it was charming the whole poetry of winter was expressed in the marble that was to serve as a frame to the flames jacques's studio was too small he asked for and obtained a room in the mansion as yet uninhabited to execute his task in a fairly large sum was even advanced him on the price agreed on for his work jacques began by repaying his friend the doctor the money the latter had lent him at francine's death then he hurried to the cemetery to cover the earth beneath which his mistress slept with flowers but spring had been there before him and on the girl's grave a thousand flowers were springing at hazard amongst the grass the artist had not the courage to pull them up for he thought that these flowers might perhaps hold something of his dead love as the gardener asked him what was to be done with the roses and pansies he had brought with him jacques bade him plant them on a neighbouring grave newly dug the poor grave of some poor creature without any border and having no other memorial over it than a piece of wood stuck in the ground 
and surmounted by a crown of flowers in blackened paper the scant offering of some pauper's grief jacques left the cemetery in quite a different frame of mind to what he had entered it he looked with happy curiosity at the bright spring sunshine the same that had so often gilded francine's locks when she ran about the fields culling wild flowers with her white hands quite a swarm of pleasant thoughts hummed in his heart passing by a little tavern on the outer boulevard he remembered that one day being caught by a storm he had taken shelter there with francine and that they had dined there jacques went in and had dinner served at the same table his dessert was served on a plate with a pictorial pattern he recognized it and remembered that francine had spent half an hour in guessing the rebus painted on it and recollected too a song sung by her when inspired by the violet-hued wine which does not cost much and has more gaiety in it than grapes but this flood of sweet remembrances recalled his love without reawakening his grief accessible to superstition like all poetical and dreamy intellect jacques fancied that it was francine who hearing his step beside her had wafted him these pleasant remembrances from her grave and he would not damp them with a tear he quitted the tavern with firm step erect head bright eye beating heart and almost a smile on his lips murmuring as he went along the refrain of francine's song love hovers round my dwelling my door must open be this refrain in jacques's mouth was also a recollection but then it was already a song and perhaps without suspecting it he took that evening the first step along the road which leads from sorrow to melancholy and thence onward to forgetfulness alas whatever one may wish and whatever one may do the eternal and just law of change wills it so even as the flowers sprung perhaps from francine had sprouted on her tomb the sap of youth stirred in the heart of jacques in which the remembrance of the old love awoke new aspirations for new ones besides jacques belonged to the race of artists and poets who make passion an instrument of art and poetry and whose mind only shows activity in proportion as it is set in motion by the motive powers of the heart with jacques invention was really the daughter of sentiment and he put something of himself into the smallest things he did he perceived that souvenirs no longer sufficed him and that like the millstone which wears itself away when corn runs short his heart was wearing away for want of emotion work had no longer any charm for him his power of invention of your feverish and spontaneous now only awoke after much patient effort jacques was discontented and almost envied the life of his old friends the water-drinkers he sought to divert himself held out his hand to pleasure and made fresh acquaintances he associated with the poet rodolphe whom he had met at a cafe and each felt a warm sympathy towards the other jacques explained his worries and rodolphe was not long in understanding their cause my friend said he i know what it is and tapping him on the chest just over the heart he added quick you must rekindle the fire there start a little love affair at once and ideas will recur to you ah said jacques i love francine too dearly it will not hinder you from still always loving her you will embrace her on another's lips oh said jacques if i could only meet a girl who resembled her and he left rodolphe deep in thought 
six weeks later jacques had recovered all his energy rekindled by the tender glances of a young girl whose name was marie and whose somewhat sickly beauty recalled that of poor francine nothing indeed could be prettier than this pretty marie who was within six weeks of being eighteen years of age as she never failed to mention her love affair with jacques had its birth by moonlight in the garden of an open-air ball to the strains of a shrill violin a grunting double bass and a clarinet that trilled like a blackbird jacques met her one evening when gravely walking around the space reserved for the dancers seeing him pass stiffly in his eternal black coat buttoned to the throat the pretty and noisy frequenters of the place who knew him by sight used to say amongst themselves what is that undertaker doing here is there any one who wants to be buried and jacques walked on always alone his heart bleeding within him from the thorns of a remembrance which the orchestra rendered keener by playing a lively quadrille which sounded to his ears as mournful as a de profundis it was in the midst of this reverie that he noticed marie who was watching him from a corner and laughing like a wild thing at his gloomy bearing jacques raised his eyes and saw this burst of laughter in a pink bonnet within three paces of him he went up to her and made a few remarks to which she replied he offered her his arm for a stroll around the garden which she accepted he told her that he thought her as beautiful as an angel and she made him repeat it twice over he stole some green apples hanging from the trees of the garden for her and she devoured them eagerly to the accompaniment of that ringing laugh which seemed the burden of her constant mirth jacques thought of the bible and thought that we should never despair as regards any woman and still less as regards those who love apples he took another turn round the garden with the pink bonnet and it is thus that arriving at the ball alone he did not return from it so however jacques had not forgotten francine bearing in mind rodolphe's words he kissed her daily on marie's lips and wrought in secret at the figure he wished to place on the dead girl's grave one day when he received some money jacques bought a dress for marie a black dress the girl was pleased only she thought that black was not very lively for summer wear but jacques told her that he was very fond of black and that she would please him by wearing this dress every day marie obeyed one saturday jacques said to her come early to-morrow we will go into the country how nice said marie i am preparing a surprise for you you shall see it will be sunshiny to-morrow marie spent the night at home finishing a new dress that she had bought out of her savings a pretty pink dress and on sunday she arrived clad in her smart purchase at jacques's studio the artist received her coldly almost brutally i thought i should please you by making this bright toilette said marie who could not understand his coolness we cannot go into the country to-day replied he you had better be off i have some work to-day marie went home with a full heart on the way she met a young man who was acquainted with jacques's story and who had also paid court to herself ah mademoiselle marie so you are no longer in mourning said he mourning asked marie for whom what did you not know it is pretty generally known though the black dress that jacques gave you well what of it asked marie it was mourning jacques made you wear mourning for francine from that day jacques saw no more of marie this rupture was unlucky for him evil days returned he had no more work and fell into such a fearful state of wretchedness that no longer knowing what would become of him he begged his friend the doctor to obtain him admission to a hospital 
the doctor saw at first glance that this admission would not be difficult to obtain jacques who did not suspect his condition was on the way to rejoin francine as he could still move about jacques begged the superintendent of the hospital to let him have a little unused room and he had a stand some tools and some modelling clay brought there during the first fortnight he worked at the figure he intended for francine's grave it was an angel with outspread wings this figure which was francine's portrait was never quite finished for jacques could soon no longer mount the stairs and in short time could not leave his bed one day the order-book fell into his hands and seeing the things prescribed for himself he understood that he was lost he wrote to his family and sent for sister st genevieve who looked after him with charitable care sister said jacques there is upstairs in the room that was lent me a little plaster cast this statuette which represents an angel was intended for a tomb but i had not time to execute it in marble yes i had a fine block white marble with pink veins well sister i give you my little statuette for your chapel jacques died a few days later as the funeral took place on the very day of the opening of the annual exhibition of pictures the water-drinkers were not present art before all said lazare jacques's family was not a rich one and he did not have a grave of his own he is buried somewhere End of chapter 18 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine